All right. Good evening. Uh, we're going to go ahead and get started. Uh, first of all, I want to say thank you guys for joining us at, on uh, 5.30 all the way up here at the MGM Grand. Uh, it was a pretty good showing, so thank you very much. Uh, my name is Yasser Hagen. I'm the Worldwide Technical Leader for Amazon Connect. And uh, today we're going to be talking to you guys about some pretty cool things that we've just released for Amazon Connect. Uh, I'll be joined by Atul and Mike, and they'll introduce themselves um, as they come on stage. Um, so let's get started. Um, these are some of the things that we're going to cover today. Um, I'm not going to go through each one of these um, in detail. Um, but we'll start by kind of going over um, Amazon Connect really quickly. Um, so show of hands, how many people here have actually know anything about Amazon Connect or actually worked with Amazon Connect? All right, so you're going to hate me for actually doing an overview, but I'm, I promise it's only two very quick slides. Um, so then I'm assuming, show of hands again, people that actually work in the contact center space? Okay, all of you guys, awesome. Um, okay, so I'll keep this quick since most of the room I feel like are actually familiar with Amazon Connect already, um, but just really quickly. So Amazon Connect, it's our cloud-based contact center service offering um, that's meant to be fully scalable, goes up and down with your needs. Um, and it actually originated from the needs of Amazon.com about 10 years ago. Um, it's got skills-based routing built in. Uh, we do interact interactive uh, recording for your calls and now chats. Um, all that data gets put in your S3 bucket, so you have full control over that data, the visibility of that data, and what you do with that data. Um, we have real-time and historical analytics. Um, and we use, obviously, a high-quality codec um, for our audio so that your agents can provide a really good experience to their customers. Um, a couple of quick points about Amazon Connect. So obviously it's 100% cloud-based. You don't have to worry about infrastructure, managing telephony, or any of these things. Um, you can get started right from within the Amazon account, your AWS account. Uh, you can spin up an Amazon Connect instance and be ready to go in about five minutes. So it's really meant to be fully self-service. Self, uh, self, self uh, we have the concept of contact flows that gives you a really powerful way to manage the customer experience that you want to provide. And in the contact flows, you can do things like interact with external data via Lambda. You can go get data about the caller that, or the, the, the contact that's traversing the system and use that data in real time to provide a more personalized experience. Contact flows are really good at business processes, um, and they really just happen to be a great business process engine that just happens to deal with contacts. Um, and it, as you, you'll see as the product continues to mature, how we're actually going to change that paradigm. Um, it's an open platform, so we really want to make it as easy as possible for customers to interact and integrate with external systems um, within Amazon Connect, whether that's Salesforce CRM, whether that's using another AWS service, um, or what have you. Um, we're not interested in creating a closed platform that makes it difficult for you to get your data and interact with external data. We really want to give you as much flexibility as possible for you to plug in external um, systems, or let's say APIs, or what have you, into the contact center platform. And finally, you get the power of not just um, you know, the integrations that, you, that, are, that are possible, um, but the power of really the overall AWS ecosystem. So whether that's more like, how do I leverage other AWS services? So whether those are AI, machine learning services, uh, databases, analytics, storage, and, uh, and some of our streaming data um, services but also all the SIs and partners that we have in our, in our healthy ecosystem that can help you do more interesting things and solve other um, business challenges for your contact center. And of course, you're only paying for the value that, that, you're, uh, that you're driving, so there's no licenses, concurrency, or anything like that. You're really, it's a consumption-based model, and that's really for um, everything that we try to do within Amazon Connect is really consumption-based. When we started with Amazon Connect, we were really one of the first contact centers in the industry that um, took a really native approach for AI within the contact center. 
Um, so when we released Amazon Connect, we had things like text-to-speech natively built in. You didn't have to think about it. You didn't have to buy additional um, licenses or even worry about the integration. It was a native functionality within Amazon Connect. Also things like interacting with natural language experiences and interfaces via Amazon um, Lex were automatically built into the Contact Center platform. Um, so over time, as we've interacted and listened to our customers, um, we've been challenged to figure out how to help customers solve other interesting business challenges um, for the customer experience and in the contact center. Um, and essentially what we've just announced uh, yesterday uh, are some additional machine learning and AI capability, um, again, natively in Amazon Connect um, that you can leverage to, provide a, um, to get more additional visibility and provide a better experience, not just to your customers, but also to your agents. Um, so to talk to you more about that, um, as my partner here at Tool, I'm just gonna tell you more about that. Thanks, Yasser. Hey, everyone. Uh, good evening. My name is uh, Atul Dev. I'm a principal product manager in the Amazon machine learning team. Uh, today, I'm here to talk about contact lens for Amazon Connect. Uh, but before I get started into the specifics of the product, let's take a quick look at some of the challenges that Yasser quickly referenced. So the first and foremost, the, the, the challenge is that uh, customers call contact centers, and these calls result in millions of hours of recorded minutes, but it's really hard to get insights from these uh, customer conversations. The common approach to deal with this problem is that businesses send out surveys. Now, as most of you uh, know, the surveys suffer from low participation, and even times when someone actually responds to these surveys, uh, the, res the responses tend to be very skewed. So we actually don't get uh, a good visibility or a good sense for actually what's going on in your contact centers. That's the first problem. The next problem is, as, as an operator of contact centers or a supervisor or an analyst, you really want to understand whether your agents are following some best company uh, guidelines uh, for customer interactions. You also want to understand if uh, there, are, there are certain uh, regulatory disclosures if they are being read, right? So for example, if you're buying car insurance, there's a long uh, lengthy disclosure that usually gets read. And oftentimes, like, if these things are not done, that could result in significant fines for the company. You also want to make sure that agents are um, investing yeah, in their customers. Things like, hey, if I'm a preferred uh, member for an airline, I want to make sure that the agent is actually showing uh, the level of uh, I don't know, interaction that is required for that type of customer. So that's compliance risk. The next kind of uh, issue is that, hey, obviously there are some tools that transcribe calls. They apply some analytics on top. But it's really hard, despite these tools, to just to get a quick answer to the question, what is happening in my contact centers in the last 24 hours? What are the key uh, themes that are responsible for increased call volume, customer dissatisfaction, or any other issue. It's really hard to get a quick answer to some of these complex problems. Obviously, as I mentioned, there are, there are tools that provide analytics, uh, but they don't uh, provide this analytics fast enough. They often use uh, outdated models that run on legacy hardware, and as a result of which, the analytics is very delayed. Uh, and the delays that we've heard from customers are as bad as 36 hours. Now, obviously, in a world where you want to provide quick feedback 
to your agents, this type of delay is not acceptable. You also realize that when you are dealing with a bunch of these tools, they're often disconnected. Uh, I might have a contact center software that doesn't talk to the storage system and it doesn't talk to the analytics system. When you have this disparate set of tools, it's really hard for you to know whether your call recordings were actually analyzed uh, and if you actually are using uh, valuable insights from these recordings. Now, the next point is, hey, obviously there are a bunch of tools today that do these things, but these tools are not based on usage-based model. These tools are often expensive and they require fixed contracts, fixed annual contracts. And now for a lot of small and medium-sized businesses, that can be prohibitive. It's not just easy that I can turn on uh, these analytics with a, uh, with a click and I can just try, try out the product. And even for the large companies that, I, that can actually uh, pay and afford these contracts, for them, because the transcription accuracy is not good enough, they don't see enough value in these tools and end up uh, not using them anymore. Given these challenges, uh, we heard consistent feedback from our customers that they wanted more. Now obviously, as most of you may know, we have services like Amazon Transcribe, Amazon Comprehend. We also offer Elasticsearch. Now, but we, don't, we realize that customers don't want to take the additional effort of stitching all these services together and then integrate with Amazon Connect. They're already using Amazon Connect and they want an end-to-end, out-of-the-box experience. And that's exactly what Contact Lens for Amazon Connect is. It's a fully managed, out-of-the-box experience that customers can just use with, with a few clicks, and even contact center users can use uh, without writing a single line of code or building any custom machine learning models. Now, next we take a look at some of the core features for Contact Lens. Starting with advanced search. Now, let me just pause here before I get into the specifics of advanced search. What is happening in the background is when you signed up for contact lens, you basically selected which of your contacts need to be analyzed. Maybe you want to analyze 100% of your calls. Maybe you want to analyze a portion of your calls. But depending on your configuration, a contact lens picks up these call recordings and it analyzes. And by that, I mean that we automatically transcribe your calls. We, we put the transcripts through a natural language processing engine, and we index them for search. And now we don't only, not, we not only index these for search based on the transcript, but also based on a lot of rich metadata that is produced as part of this process. For example, you can search based on keywords and phrases as, as part of an out-of-the-box experience on your contact search page, as, as you may be familiar uh, in Amazon Connect. You can also filter based on the speaker type. Now, oftentimes, I'm interested in certain words or phrases, but I'm not interested in them being spoken by the agent. I actually want to find out if the words like cancel are actually being said by the customer. You also want to be able to uh, search based on the modality. As most of you may know, we announced uh, chat support for Connect, native support for chat within Connect, and you can, now be, uh, you can now search for contacts even on chat. Finally, on, on search, it's not just based on the content of the call. It's also based on uh, attributes like sentiment scores and non-talk time. So we'll cover this in, in more detail on the next slide when we actually take a look at a UX mark. But just a couple of use cases here on the slide. 
The, the first one is, hey, as a customer, I just want to quickly understand in the last 24 hours, uh, I want to find all contacts where, where customers have mentioned the word cancel my account or something to that extent. I get a bunch of search results, I click on those contacts, and I can actually find out the details behind these contacts. Another example is I want to find all calls in the last 24 hours, the last one month, where the customer sentiment at the end of the call was not great. Now, this is a very powerful tool, right? Because now, before you did not understand of all, let's say there were 10,000 calls that happened in the last one month, you have no idea of those 10,000 calls, which ones do I need to focus on? Now, all you do is a simple search query. I basically say, hey, I want to find all contacts where my sentiment score was less than minus four. Our scale is minus five to plus five. So something less than minus four, I would think, is, 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 is a set of calls that you probably want to take a look at. So next is just a quick visual on, on the contact search page. What you see on the left is the standard uh, contact search experience as it exists today. On the right, you see a bunch of these new uh, capabilities as part of Contact Lens for Amazon Connect. Now again, notice that these are all natively integrated. There is no, Contact Lens is not a separate product. It's a native feature of, of Amazon Connect. You can just simply select uh, the phrases that you want to search for. You can also select whether you want to, you want to find these phrases for the agent or the customer. You can define uh, the, the type of sentiment scores that you are interested in finding. Now note that you can search for contacts based on the average sentiment score, or you can also filter based on sentiment scores at the start of the call or the end of the call. Now some interesting context here. So within Amazon Retail, we have this concept of turtle flips, which basically means that a customer called, the sentiment at the start of the call was not, not great. He's obviously calling because he's frustrated with some problem, but the agent was skillful enough that by the end of the call, the customer sentiment became positive. Now, I want to be, as a supervisor, I want to actually find out which of my agents are, are that good that they can actually handle this tricky situation. All I do here is I search for start sentiment and I look for him less than minus four or minus three or whatever is the criteria that you're looking for. And end sentiment greater than three. And bam, now you suddenly see basically calls which are associated with turtle flips. Now, one other thing that most of you in the audience may know is, because you guys work in contact centers, is silence is an important indicator of a lot of problems, right? Silence in a call could mean that the agent is not trained or the customer is asking a question to which the organization doesn't have a good answer to yet. So in, now in, on this contact search page, you can search for contacts based on the non-talk time. Non-talk time is defined as whole time plus silence. And again, there are two types of searches you can do here. It's not just based on the absolute, but you can also search based on a relative amount of non-talk time, right? Because as we talk on a phone, there is some amount of silence that is normal. Nobody, you won't have like zero non-talk time. But for an organization, maybe 22% is the norm. And anything more than 22% uh, silence, you like, I may want to take a look at these calls and understand what's going on. We'll talk more about silence in the, in the next uh, feature because the logical next question is going to be, hey, the silence at a broad level is fine, but maybe what if there is a certain long block? On the contact search page, you can also search for uh, single blocks of silence that exceed a certain amount of time, right? Because you now have visibility into both kinds of silence, the silence for the overall call 
and silence for specific blocks. Uh, we're also adding a bunch of additional features like, hey, how many times did the agent interrupt the customer? Right? That's, again, a, a way you can find uh, opportunities to coach your agents. You can also find, uh, you can also search based on talk speed. If the agent is talking too fast, you can find those calls too. Now again, for the talk speed, we're looking at average talk speed across the entire call. With that, I'm gonna go to the next feature, which is detailed analytics and sentiment analysis. So let's say I searched on a bunch of different topics on the contact search page, and now I land on this detail page, the CTR detail page, as you guys probably know today, right? Uh, today, the CTR detail page has things like who the agent was, how long the call was, and some other details. What it does not have is actual content of the call or the discussion that happened between the agent and the customer. With contact lens, now you can see the entire call transcript. You can see the sentiment for each speaker turn. So you obviously get the sentiment for the customer and for the agent separately. You can also just select in a drop-down. Hey, I only want to see the sentiment for the customer. I'm, at this moment, I don't want to like, look at the uh, agent sentiment. You can also see a customer sentiment progression during the call. Now this is, when we were searching, we were doing more of a macro view. Now this is a specific view on a specific contact. And now you can actually see the customer sentiment progression during the call. I would expect for most calls, hey, the call probably started negative uh, because obviously the customer is calling because of an issue. By the time the call ended, it generally trended in the positive direction. That is something I would expect for most calls. For other calls, there might be other things going on. So finally, on this page, you also would have breakdown of participation. So basically, it shows the amount of talk time, a distribution between the agent and the customer. The objective of that is obviously to help you understand if the agent was talking for a lot more time than he should have been, if it's generally kind of a good call, the agent is doing more of the listening, and, and, and the balance is, uh, is good. Let's take a quick look at the CTR detail page here. As you can see at the top, there's a quick summary. There's a, a trend line for customer sentiment. There's a distribution of sentiment across the entire call. And there's also a distribution of the participation, as we discussed. Below that, you can see the call recording, which obviously exists today. But what did not exist was the transcript below it. And you can see the sentiment colors across each of the speaker turns. Now, obviously, a green is positive sentiment, red is negative sentiment, and gray is neutral. Uh, and as you can see on the, on the top right, uh, before the transcript starts, you can have a drop-down which says, hey, I can just decide, uh, only view the sentiment for uh, the customer. Now, the big advantage of having this transcript on this page now is the supervisors don't have to listen to the entire call, which they had to do before. Now, if I was searching for cancel my account and I landed on this page, all I had to do is look up that poor relevant portion in the call and jump directly to that part in the, in the call recording. Saves the supervisors a lot of time. Now, pretty quickly, now this is what we have for preview. Pretty quickly, we're gonna expand this uh, visualization and it will be closer to what Andy presented in the keynote, where you can actually see the specific blocks of silence uh, marked by yellow, and you can actually go directly to that part of the call recording and understand, hey, what was actually going on? Was there a specific question that was asked because of which the agent had to pause that long? Next, uh, categorization. 
Now, search is great when I have to take a quick look at some uh, new issue that emerged. But what if there are topics that I know are common in my contact centers, right? Uh, so things like, hey, like I have a company guideline that at the start of a call, I want to make sure the agent says, thanks for being a valued XYZ member, right? I want to make sure the company, the, the agent says that. Uh, similarly, there might, as I said earlier, there might be a requirement for the agent to say uh, a certain disclosure statement. So when there are issues like this, or another example is a competitive mention, right? You want to probably track all your contacts where uh, a customer mentioned uh, a competitor in context of your product. Now, obviously, that's pretty important information. With, with, with automated contact categorization, you now have a new page within Amazon Connect where you can define the name of your category and you can specify certain words or phrases that map to that particular category. Now, the interesting thing is they don't have to be only uh, words or phrases. They can also be based on acoustic characteristics like non-talk time and interruption frequency. The obvious use case is you want to find out, hey, contacts where the agent interrupted the customer way too many number of times. So what happens after you define? So let's actually take a quick look at the UX here. In this example, uh, I want to basically tag all of my contacts with the label improper greeting. If thanks for being an MVP rewards member or we value you as an MVP rewards member were not said by the agent in the first 30 seconds of a call, bam, every time now a contact comes in, it goes through this, uh, this categorization engine and a label is applied if it meets the criteria. Once all these contacts are generated, you can now run uh, rich reporting on top of uh, uh, this output to actually understand major trends in your contact centers. We'll cover that in, in the next feature, not the next, but in the last feature. All right, so now search is great when, you're, when you have uh, ad hoc issues and you're trying to kind of quickly do some analysis. Automated categorization is great when you know what you're looking for and I just want to keep doing that on a monthly basis or a daily basis or whatever it is. It's just automated. But what about uh, unknown issues? I don't, like, I just want to, I just, I don't have anyone in my QA team. I just want Connect to tell me what's going on in my contact centers, right? What are the key uh, reasons for customers calling? What is changing in my business? You know, maybe I did something or my partners did something, or something happened which was outside my control, which is resulting in customers suddenly calling and being annoyed. Now, getting quick insights into these problems can actually help a business a lot uh, so that they can take necessary action, right? It could be making quick changes to their product features, changing their pricing, or whatnot. So now what is happening here in the background is that we use unsupervised machine learning to derive, uh, to derive uh, the reasons for call, uh, why customers are calling. In this case, obviously customers don't, or users don't have to input or provide any input to the customer. We're looking at what are the specific reasons for customers calling and what are the associated details. And we present those details in a very easy to understand widget. Now, this is an example where a bank uh, is seeing a list of issues that happened in their contact centers. And these are ranked by their severity, right? So uh, online banking access denied, right? That's, that's kind of just kind of popping up when I logged into my contact center this morning. 
Now it's telling me that something has happened in the, in the last kind of last time I checked, something has happened and this is unusual. I, I basically check with our IT team and I realized that we did some, something last night because of which uh, customers are not able to log in. I, I take quick action to resolve this issue. Now, as you may see, it says coming soon. Uh, the first three things, which is advanced search, detailed analytics, and automated contact categorization, those should be accessible to you uh, as part of this preview right away. Uh, the theme detection is coming soon as part of the GA release, which should happen within a few months. And the next feature is supervisor assist. So now we spoke about a lot of features which were, hey, the call has already happened and I get rich analytics. That's great. But your logical question should be, hey, so like, this is great, but I want to understand what's, like, what's the state of my contact center right now. A customer hangs up after the call is done, that is not really helping me much. Uh, or it's helping me in different ways, but I can't take action on it right away. There are situations where there might be heated exchange going on between a customer and an agent. There might be a situation where a customer is asking for escalation, but the escalation request is falling on deaf ears. Or the agent might not be trained, and he might be saying things like, I don't know repeatedly. These are all situations which usually don't get addressed. And with supervisor assist, our uh, objective here is to give supervisors a quick insight into their contact centers and into the status of all the calls going on right now and to make sure that they get alerted on certain keywords or phrases as they're happening. Let's take a quick look at uh, how the early version of this is gonna look like. So this is the real-time metrics page in, in Amazon Connect. And as you can see, you have two new columns there. The first one shows the real-time customer sentiment progression. So I can quickly see kind of which calls kind of have more of the reds. Uh, and I also see certain notifications. Now these notifications were configured by supervisors beforehand. And depending on the severity, I can just get a notification here on this page. Or if this issue is pretty severe, I may want to get uh, uh, texted or I may, I may want to get an email. So these are the various ways in which the supervisors can get alerted. Now the next feature is open and flexible data, right? Now, as, as, as Yasser mentioned in, in, in his earlier slides on Amazon Connect, that's one of, this is one of our core kind of tenets. We want to make sure that it's, a lot of this data that is generated as part of uh, contact lens is easily accessible to you, and you can do a lot more with it. Now, the, when I say rich metadata, I'm basically referring to the, the transcripts. I'm referring to sentiment scores, interruptions, non-talk time, uh, all the different uh, aspects that we discussed earlier. All the data is available in the S3 bucket uh, in, in a well-defined schema. You can query that using uh, Athena. You can build your own custom pipeline downstream. You can export that data in a BI tool, combine that with your own data from your CRM to do more customer engagement analysis. And there are some customers that are actually using this data to build their own uh, custom machine learning models to provide differentiation to their organization, right? So these are the various ways in which we have seen customers actually use this rich metadata. Now, as some of you may know, Intuit has been a long-time Amazon uh, AWS customer. They were one of the early adopters for, um, for Amazon Connect. They were also 
one of the early adopters for uh, contact lens. And today, it's my honor to invite Mike Hogill, who's the principal engineer at Intuit, to talk more about their experience. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Atul. So we, uh, as Atul just mentioned, my name is Mike Cowgill, principal engineer with the customer success organization inside Intuit. And I'm gonna walk you through a little bit of an overview of customer success at Intuit. We'll talk a little bit about the scale, uh, how we operate, uh, some of the things that are unique to Intuit. Then we're gonna dive into some of the challenges. They're gonna line up pretty well with what you've been hearing Yasser and Atul talk about so far, but they'll be a little more specific to how we viewed those problems. Uh, so let's jump in here. Uh, Intuit in 2018 had a pretty good year, to say the least. Uh, we operate more than 30 contact centers across eight countries, and that top line was a big accomplishment. Uh, we completed a full migration to Amazon Connect. We run 100% of our calls through Connect now. And what that means is we're gonna handle a little more than 15 million calls uh, through Connect, as well as uh, roughly more than you know, 350 million minutes of talk time and interactions. And so with those, uh, we're driving quite a bit of traffic through Connect at this point. Uh, we'll support more than 10,000 agents. We'll onboard and offboard a lot more than that. Uh, so we've gone through a lot of operations to automate that process as well. And finally, as we start looking at these bottom two bullets here, there's some of the changes that we're starting to drive, right? We wanna define measurable quality metrics for interactions. Uh, that's been something that we've been struggling to do and we've been scratching that itch a little bit in 2018 and 2019, something we're gonna talk about with Contact Lens for Connect and how we're looking at it. And that bottom bullet's been just a massive change for our organization as well. We've really shifted with our live products, TurboTax Live and the other live products that we're gonna start launching. We've shifted from an offline business to an online business. And we're also driving and enabling growth for our business. And so previously that's not where the contact center was. And now you know, we're, we're in the same spot, we're using the same tools. And so we didn't change the technologies, but we've really changed how we're approaching this now. The, the final topic there is Prosperity Hubs. I don't know if uh, anybody knows about Prosperity Hubs. We've had a couple press releases. Uh, inside Intuit, we have a We Care and Give Back uh, value, and one of those things is Prosperity Hubs. And so what we did is we looked across the country in the United States, we identified distressed communities, and then in those communities, we started launching contact centers. Uh, Intuit's had a lot of help, a lot of partners. We won't go through and name them all, uh, but it's been an, an excellent experience. So far, we've launched five sites. Uh, we've created 1,500 new jobs. And in just two of those sites, we've generated more than $50 million of new business. And when we say new business, we're talking about things like food trucks, uh, things in the community that are getting uh, additional business and economic growth because we're putting jobs there and because all of those people are creating that cycle. So there's more press releases on our website about that, but the Prosperity Hubs have been a, an excellent uh, story for us. So let's talk about some of the challenges that we had uh, inside uh, operations today. You know, we have to scale and manage experts across a very peaky business. Our tax season is very peaky. It's uh, very specific times of years and it doesn't move, it doesn't get delayed, it shows up every year. Uh, so that growth of going up and down is something we have to handle. Uh, with a cloud-based solution like Connect, it makes it a lot easier for us. The other thing we're trying to do is review and measure interactions between experts and customers using a quality scorecard. So I'm gonna kinda of hit this point throughout the slides, but we started to build what we thought was a quality scorecard. We're looking at some of the metrics that you just heard a tool talk about. We're looking at non-talk time. We're looking at average handle time. We're looking at did you open the call correctly? Did you close the call correctly? Uh, did you tell them about the survey if you're gonna give one? You know, all those kind of things, we've looked at a lot of calls and identified these to actually drive a positive impact. And so now we're trying to get consistent with the service we're providing. We're trying to reduce that training time uh, using quality scorecards. Uh, 
The other thing that's big for us is driving content creation for self-help uh, and understanding our call drivers. We have a lot of do-it-yourself customers. The last thing they really want to do is get on the phone with us. So if we can figure out what they're calling about, we can put information into our help panel, we can put content on the web, we can put information into our self-help communities. It really is a great call deflection mechanism. And honestly, the customer's generally happy getting that service rather than coming through the call process. So finally, we do support legal and compliance requests. We're in a financial industry, so there's a lot of fun there. I think anybody in a contact center probably knows that that's a small bullet, but um, it can be a big problem for you and take up a lot of time. Uh, and we're no different. We have to do that year in, year out, every day, pretty much. So let's talk about some of our 2019 challenges and, and the things we're going after. We want to listen to 100% of all interactions in 2019, uh, or as much as we can going forward at this point. Uh, notice the asterisk. Obviously, we have uh, the same regulations, requirements. We read those consents. We have all that process. But that's the goal we're setting out there. So for everything that we can record and we're consented to do, we want to be able to listen to that. And by listen, we mean go further than having like one manager looking over 20 agents, taking one call each week for those agents, and then going back and doing a training. We want the whole collective. And so that's what we're trying to get to. The delays in analyzing data reduces the ability for in-the-moment feedback. This is something you heard a tool talk about. You heard it in Andy Jassy's keynote. If we can move this window from days to hours all the way to real time, it's not going to be, hey, that call you took three days ago that I just listened to, and we're kind of talking about it as a manager working with an expert, you're going to be kind of remembering, oh, it's 8 AM, Monday, it's the first cup of coffee. And you know that, that whole context is lost. But if we can do it right after the call, or if we can do it you know, within hours of the call, it's a much better experience for the expert. We get a much better result from that training. And so that's really why we're driving towards cutting this time down. So the customer success is a shared ecosystem of vendors. Uh, I think anybody in this space right now has probably got somebody that does surveys for them and gives you analysis for that. Someone that might be your chat provider. Someone that's doing telephony for you. We're no different. We have that shared ecosystem. And some of those integrations are difficult. Uh, so as we try and figure out, hey, is the survey talking about the same topic that the call was talking about? Well. The analytics coming from the survey provider aren't the same trending topics that I'm using over here. And so now we're, we're going back and forth trying to figure out how to integrate these and also understand them. And so one of the big goals we're looking at here is kind of unifying some of those analytics and some of that understanding across all of our customer success touch points. Simple concepts such as sentiment can be very difficult. Uh, this is, this is just a funny topic. I don't know if anybody's had this within their organization, but as our customer success org looked at sentiment, we thought it meant one thing. As our product managers look at sentiment, they think it means another. Some people expect a minus five to a plus five. Some people expect a smiley face or a frowny face. And so as we went into it, it's, it's pretty easy for us to sit here and say, oh, I listened to that call and it was a good experience. It turns out it's pretty hard for us all to share that across the business units that we operate, as well as across the different functionalities within the organization. So I'm going to come back to sentiment in a little bit, uh, and we'll tell you a little more about how we've decided to use it at the moment. So as we look forward at Contact Lens for Connect, uh, as a tool said, you know, as a strategic partner, we've had a lot of access back and forth. Uh, we've been kicking the tires on this as we've been coming through this process. Uh, we are able to transcribe 100% of our interactions uh, to enable that faster review. We are getting to the point where we want to apply consistent business-specific quality metrics across our calls. And notice I used business-specific. Our businesses are going to choose some different things. We're going to make that an accommodation so that we have the same ideas, opening, closing, surveys, but we're going to give them the ability to tune and control how they want to measure that or what they think is a, a good score in that area. Leveraging sentiment on all calls. So we were just talking about this. <laughs> sentiment, what we've discovered at the moment for us, is a directional indicator. 
Our cues and our groups, they cluster up. There tends to be a normalcy that falls out, a line that looks like it's about right. And what we're seeing is that when we start to change the behaviors, when we start to coach to those quality metrics, we start to change the way our experts are interacting, sentiment should be moving in the right direction, or we should be seeing it move in the wrong direction if they're not doing it. That general trend seems to be holding for us right now. And so while a negative two might seem like a horrible sentiment score, that might be a really difficult cue, it might be an escalation cue, that might be okay. And a negative one might be as good as it gets. And so rather than getting wrapped around exactly what the number is, we're starting to use it kind of as a vector, like, hey, we're headed in the right direction, uh, because it's difficult to find another metric to kind of put on that, like, am I actually improving? It's a really difficult question to ask, or answer. <laughs> Enabling ad hoc searching. This is something that a tool talked about as well. This is a big part. Um, I gave you an example there. Did we release a bad promotional code? This is a real example. You release a promo code, are your customers talking about it? If nobody's talking about it, you probably didn't release it. If everybody's talking about it, you probably messed it up. And so just being able to go in and ask those questions is, is pretty key. The other part that people don't think about is anybody operating a desktop product. We've got a nice big change coming up. Windows 7 is gonna go end of life. How many calls are you gonna get about that? Do you need to create content for that? How many calls are you getting today about it going end of life? Is the messaging correct? Are your experts telling the people the right answers when they ask about it? Those kind of things are, are business drivers. They can impact a forecast of what you need to have on hand. They definitely can impact content creation and self-help. So, Looking at these last two bullets, these are things that we're actually very happy about. AWS managing complex services for us. You heard Andy Jassy in the keynote yesterday say, hey, you could grab Transcribe, and you could grab SNS, and you can put these things together. And guess what? We did. <laughs> and it works. And we glued them all together, and we've got a bunch of serverless components in there. But the fact is, we don't want to manage that. It doesn't make into it a better... Uh, you know, tax product, a better accounting product. It doesn't help us anyway in our core business. So we want to offload that management back to AWS. We've been very successful handing some of those things back. Connect's been uh, a very great success in that same area. The final bullet is really because Intuit's been on this journey with AWS for so long at this point, we've got multiple years of experience. We've migrated many large products. We're fairly comfortable with what the compliance and security patterns are that we need to implement. So for us, this puts us in a place that we have enterprise patterns. We have some common use cases. We can go to this and it's the same IAM framework. It's the same access controls. And so we're putting those same things right here in place and it makes us move faster. So the final, let's look a little bit at the future that that a tool was talking about, the category building UI. We think this is pretty key. Uh, for us, we're generating our quality metrics out of this right now. And what we're doing is we're doing it manually at the moment with some much more rudimentary technology than what we're hoping to get out of the UI. But the other part is right now, we're having to do engineering changes to get those changes in. So as we define, oh, we wanna allow thanks and thank you. We're having to make some changes on our side. We want that to be self-service. Our businesses are gonna define that. We're gonna, again, give them that umbrella and that guideline of the things that we have to have, the four things maybe that we're gonna say we're gonna measure for everybody, but we want them to be able to go implement it, we want them to change it, we want them to manage it, uh, and to have that coaching conversation as well. The advanced search is big. Uh, being able to go through and hit your calls, find out what's happening, do it quickly, um, it's a very fast response. The things that, uh, you know, as we're getting into is actually getting to those pinpoints next, right? We're hitting the calls, the first time we turn it on, it works pretty well, now we wanna know like, hey, is it, five minutes into the call? Is it 12 minutes into the call? So as we move into those features, uh, it, it enables a lot of, of time saving for our managers because it's a 45 minute call and you gotta go through and find where it happened. It can take you quite a bit of time. So 
Integrated PII redaction. I haven't talked about it. A tool didn't mention it. It's important. <laughs> and what we really don't want to do is right now we manage that. We've gone through and built libraries. We've worked with our data science teams. Uh, we'd like that to come integrated and packaged up. AWS is on the same page with that. It's going to save us time. It's something we don't have to manage again. And we're very excited to have that come in. Our internal Intuit AI team. So internal Intuit AI, what I'm talking about is we have an artificial intelligence organization. They're focused on providing us insights to what's happening in our business. They know our business. They know our conversations. What's great about that open model is, yes, we are turning loose our own data scientists on this data. We're having them come through it and figure out what does it mean for Intuit. Like, what does that relational interaction look like from Intuit's perspective? Not from what's in just the sentiment. The sentiment is a general item. So now we're trying to come in and get specific about what it means to us. And since we have a team to do that, it works out really well. They happen to also be using AWS. And this really starts to give us good momentum here. Real-time transcription, uh, definitely a hot topic. We all want it. Uh, changing the pace of insight. You heard a tool talk about it. If we can get to those calls that are going bad while they're on the call still, that's excellent, right? Now what's happening is we're getting to them two, three days later as our managers come through and review these things. It's difficult. In addition to understanding that, that insight, but it's also knowledge bases, being able to make our experts more efficient. If they need a form, if they need to understand something that's gonna be filed for tax purposes, they can go look it up. We can pop those links into their screen. As soon as we can start getting into that actual conversation as it's happening, we can do a lot more, uh, and we're very excited to get at that opportunity. With that, uh, obviously it's been a great journey here with the tool and team for Intuit and AWS, and I'm gonna turn it back over to a tool. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Mike. As, as you can see, Mike is continuing to give us uh, feedback in real time here, even as part of this uh, presentation. So my apologies. So yes, uh, as part of uh, Contact Lens for Amazon Connect, we're also going to include uh, PII and PCI redaction. Um, so we just did not, have, did not have it as part of the features because just we have so many features here. Um, with that, I think I want to open up uh, for questions. Yasser and Mike, want to come over? Yes, that's a great question. So, uh, in the so now, so for those people who are not familiar, let me just quickly explain what custom vocab is. Uh, so, in transcribe today, which is sorry, repeat the question. Yes. So the question was: Will contact lens for Amazon Connect support uh, custom vocab, which is supported in Amazon Transcribe? The, the quick answer is yes, but you don't have to go to Transcribe for putting uploading your custom vocab. The whole point of contact lens for Amazon Connect is you don't have to understand the underlying implementation details. You can just continue to use Amazon Connect. There will be a way for you to just simply upload uh, your uh, uh, custom vocab, and then we will take care of making the transcription better for you based on that custom vocab. Yes, please. So the, we are starting, the preview is starting with uh, English, but uh, obviously we are going to expand uh, languages pretty quickly here. And yeah. Mike is already looking at me for, for my next language here, which is going to be Spanish. Yeah, and, and, and because it's powered by Amazon Transcribe under the hood, um, Amazon Transcribe today supports lots of other languages, um, so it will be a quick follow to enable those languages in the overall integrated solution.
So today, so today we don't have uh, a quick way to do that. Uh, uh, we only would have support for calls that would happen going forward. But if there is a specific use case, we can talk about it and we'll consider that as part of our feature request. We don't have that as part of preview right now. It's a great question. So uh, the pricing, uh, we also publish it on the, on the, on the site. So it's, it has a tiered pricing structure. So for the first five million minutes uh, on a monthly basis, the price is 1.5 cents. Uh, for more than five million minutes, the next tier is 1.25 cents per minute. And obviously for reference, the connect price is 1.8 cents per minute. Yes, please. Yes. Absolutely. So the question is, can we use data from our other systems into Connect and do more analysis? So basically, you want to tie, you want to do, you want to do correlations like, hey, sentiment and revenue. So the, the short answer is uh, yes, but we are not doing that inside of Connect. The way we have set up the architecture for this is all the data, including the sentiment scores, are going to be available in the S3 bucket. So you can take that data, put it in your BI tool of choice, it could be QuickSight or Tableau or whatever it is, and do that correlation analysis. We almost, almost expect customers to do that all the time. Yeah, another aspect of that would be um, by leveraging the attributes in Amazon Connect, right? So as a contact actually traverses the system, you can go retrieve some of that data from your business systems. So for example, if you want to understand um, the tier of this customer, maybe you have a platinum customer or a gold customer, whatever your tiers are, or some other business indicator, you can pull that data in as part of that contact in real time, and you can add that data as metadata to that contact. So for example, as we export that data into uh, your S3 bucket or even as part of our UI, you can search for all the characteristics that a tool mentioned, plus search for those metadata right. to then get a better correlation as to what's my sentiment for my platinum customers. Right. right. So that you can actually do right within the tool itself. It's a great question. Let me repeat the question. The question is, are we basing the sentiment purely on the content, or are we basing the sentiment also on additional factors like acoustic characteristics? Am I sad or based, sad or happy just simply based on how my voice is sounding? The, the, the answer today is we are, the sentiment is based purely on the content, but uh, sentiment based on voice is absolutely on top of our mind, and in the future, we'll extend the sentiment scores to include acoustic characteristics as well. I'm sorry, can you say it one more time? What was the? Um, I don't know. We, for this, we haven't launched. I mean, this is in beta at the moment. Oh, sorry. The question was, what was the ROI on, the, uh, on, on which effort, I guess? Was it a, the ROI on just contact lens? Yeah, the return on investment on contact lens. I don't, we don't have any numbers on that at the moment, just because we're still in this beta phase, so we haven't rolled it out. Um, and it's, it's going to be a difficult thing to, to calculate with, with chat coming from Amazon as well. So we're going to have some consolidation happening here for us within, within these pieces. And I think as we look at it as a whole, we, look, we 
are obviously optimistic to get some, but I don't, we don't have any numbers that we're going to be able to discuss today on that number. Go ahead, please. This is the question, are there APIs on top of this? So Connect already supports a lot of APIs today, uh, but as part of uh, contact lens, we don't have APIs in the preview stage. Going forward, by the time we are GA, we, will, we expect to have uh, API support for a lot of these capabilities. Yeah, but on, on that note again, is that all, all the broad data will be made available in your S3 bucket. Correct. Um, so. Yeah, and you, and you can do those queries right against the data out of S3. So all the raw data, not only is it available in the UI, but in, you know, as soon as the data is actually available, it's also going to be put in your S3 bucket. So you can have that. You can do whatever you want to it at that point. Just one additional point on that, right? So in Connect, the data stays in your uh, Elasticsearch clusters for up to two years. The S3 data is your choice. You can keep it way beyond two years, and you can use tools like Athena to do querying on top of it for however long you want. So we're doing exactly that right now. Yeah. We're using Athena on top of S3 to get us kind of ad hoc, quick access to this data. It's been uh, very performant. It's been surprisingly good for some of the things we were doing, even when we got into some fairly complex regexes to pull stuff out. Uh, yeah, so, so the question is, is that, is that part of the CTR? Um, no, so there's, those are two separate things. Um, so the CTR record is, is one thing that we'll output, um, but similar to how call recordings get put in your S3 bucket and there's the contact ID that you can then correlate to everything else, um, will be the same thing for the output data from, from, uh, from contact lens. So the question is, does contact lens uh, support uh, other sources like surveys which don't happen in, in Amazon Connect? So the way we, have, we are approaching contact lens today is that it only supports uh, the modalities which is voice and chat are natively supported in Amazon Connect. Uh, the current version you won't have support for uh, surveys that take place outside the Connect ecosystem, but in the future, uh, if, if surveys are supported within Connect, they obviously would be uh, powered by contact lenses. Sorry, so adding to that just a little bit, I think what you're really getting at is audio that's in Amazon Connect but not in the call recording, correct? Yeah. Um, so today, that audio is not recorded, um, but we obviously have future-facing things where we're looking to provide end-to-end -end recording, and when that happens, you would then get contact lens on top of that. Yeah, so, um, so today with Amazon Connect and the integration for contact lens, that's all driven by the call recording functionality. So in Amazon Connect today, those are call recordings are based on contacts that are connected to an agent. Sure. Um, we have things that we're thinking about to provide end-to-end -end recording for things outside of contacts where an agent is speaking, and once we get to that uh, milestone, contact lens would then apply to that. Yes?
sorry. Uh, Go ahead. Yeah, so, so, so not at this time, um, but there are some interesting things that you can do. Sorry, the question yeah. was, um, is there capability for um, deriving that call quality based on the actual call quality characteristics, not the sentiment and things like that, right? Um, so so not, not today, so that data is not, not available today to actually be analyzed in that way. Though there are some clever things you can do to derive something similar. So for example, um, if you hear an agent saying, hey, can you repeat that? or I'm sorry, I can't hear you, right? So you can actually use the normal human behavior of what an agent might say, which would indicate to you that some call quality issue, other call quality issue is happening. And then you can correlate that with other data that we do make available in CloudWatch for certain metrics for call quality. Um, so while not directly, maybe indirectly. Yeah. And we definitely do that exact use case. And we've had questions. We went back and looked for things like that as well. That's, that's a great question. So there is almost a relationship between theme detection and automated categorization. So as I said, categorization is great when you know the issue and you want to track that issue on a recurring basis, and it's your definition of what the issue exactly is, right? I, maybe my, my regular issue is competitive mentions or churn, customer churn. There are certain words or phrases, I know this is an issue, I want to just keep monitoring it. Themes are for unknown issues, right? Once for a business user, they can just see simply, hey, in the last few months or last few hours, like these are the new things that have emerged. Um, and based on the judgment of the business user, they can use that information to define a new category and then start monitoring. But with theme detection, we are not going to categorize them into certain buckets by, by default. That, that part would happen in the categorization aspect. It's more of a, theme detection is more of a discovery mechanism uh, for, for users and Categorization is a tracking mechanism. So, great question. So, the question was, how do you apply criteria for uh, themes and and categories? So, let me just quickly go back since we can to the categorization UX. So here's the, the new page in Amazon Connect where you can actually define your criteria, right? The example here was, I wanna assign the label improper greeting to all my contacts if certain words were not said by the agent in the first 30 seconds. This is where you specify your criteria. In the future, you can also have criteria based on acoustic characteristics and other things. So that's one. For theme detection, as I said, it's a discovery mechanism. You're not setting any criteria. The system looks at your criteria. The criteria there is just gonna be, I wanna find themes on the last uh, 24 hours or last uh, few hours in this queue. We just tell us which contacts, and we look at that contacts in an unsupervised manner and, and basically present a theme, set of themes. And let's take a quick look at the output here. So these are the themes that we found based on, and again, you see that settings on the, on the, on the top right is basically you de you're defining there what a duration is and which of my, your cues uh, you want us to analyze. So is that the cue? Correct, correct. The other question I had is uh, the real time, real time? Yes. Is that coming out today or is 
It's a great question. So as Andy mentioned in his uh, keynote, the, the real-time capabilities are coming mid of 2020. Um, we have work to do on that one. Right. When are you going to be able to tell me I've had a thing happen across my phone? So that. Right. So that is exactly what theme detection is, right? So categorization is when you know what you're looking for, you define the criteria. Right, so that exactly is theme detection. The distinction between categorization and theme detection is in theme detection, you don't tell us, we, like you just specify that you want contact lens to analyze a window of calls, maybe it's last 24 hours, and based on that, we analyze calls, and we say what are the common patterns that are emerging out of this, and maybe the common pattern, as you rightly said, is something's wrong with your business, right? Maybe, maybe there's a pricing change, uh, and the price, maybe customers are complaining suddenly that the price is too high, the new price is too high, or maybe there's a system issue, like the example we had was uh, customers are having issues logging into their accounts, right? That's an example of, hey, this is a new issue that's suddenly bubbling. Now I can go and take some action based on these emerging themes. I think for the most part, uh, except things like silence, which is uh, applicable for calls, we won't have that for, for chat. Uh, and obviously, things like interruption and whatnot would not be relevant. But everything else, I think that the basic step is we don't have to transcribe uh, calls. After the transcription, we basically have to text. The, the processing is the same for calls and chats, uh, because we already have the text. So the, I think the question you're asking, how to how, addressing churn, especially as we start to like, I'll just call them quality metrics because that's what we're calling them into it. In the inside, yeah. No, we have an extreme. I mean, like most contact centers, we have high turnover. Uh, we're looking to go to year over year. We ideally we run our business mostly on year over year metrics, and so that is we haven't seen. I don't know if we have enough data to be definitive on this yet, but I don't know if we've seen a drastic change between. The, the people we're putting in those seats in the metrics. So, so far, when we looked back over what we can do over the last year, it appears like those metrics are still true. Now, what we haven't measured yet is, hey, as we start to move into this space, how much faster are we training those agents, right? So we've got some metrics where we're looking at, I'll give you average handle time, and we're figuring out that on this queue, this topic is taking about 26 minutes when, the, when we first onboard the agent or expert. It gets down to when he's good, after about eight or nine calls, we're seeing it take 19, right? And so we're starting to figure out like, what is trained, and it's a question we're asking our data science team to go find, but we're using this data to go drive at it. And then in that same story, one of the things we didn't talk about, I think, in any of these slides, that we're also looking to drive retention of our top talent, right? As we identify what those great experts are, we first want to be able to share it faster with the rest of our expert community, but we also want to drive retention of those key ones. I mean, is, is that kind of hitting the question? 
Another interesting thing there is that, um, so, so the, our concept of attributes are super flexible. Um, and you can really set an attribute programmatically via an API, and you can also do it within the product. So as you're just kind of talking, just brainstorming out loud, um, I could see a world where you could say, you know what, I'm going to add an attribute of the agent ten, uh, tenure um, as an attribute. So this agent has been here for six months, this agent has been here for a year, three years, two years, whatever. So now you can start thinking about, let me search for call quality and the attribute of how long this agent has been here, and now all of a sudden you can get, start getting segmentation of agents that have been here for six months are having these issues or these themes or these sentiments versus agents that have been here for two years. And this is all real, like you can do this today with, within the product, right? This is not a future-facing thing. You could very easily, after the agent answers the call or even within what we call the whisper flow, add a metadata tag maybe based on a data dip you've done against your backend system for whatever, however you track your agent, uh, you know, how long they've been in the system. I'm gonna add that as an attribute. That's their subtle way of it. Yeah, that's their subtle way of letting us know that this is over. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys very much. Thank, Thank you. you guys. <laughs>